There's an old Jewish saying that goes like this. When God created the world, he scattered stones across the face of the whole earth, but half of the stones he placed in Israel. (laughs) I've been to the Holy Land three times, and it looks like this. This is a picture of the Holy Land. There are a lot of stones in the Holy Land today. Our Bible is full of stones. Y'all help me with this next part, please. Moses receives the Ten Commandments, and what does he do? He writes them on two tablets of... There you are. The boy David, when he confronts the giant Goliath, he takes his slingshot and he slays them with a... Yes. And altars were built to the Lord God made out of... Yes. Sometimes, in that time, when people would die... They would carve out a tomb in a hillside out of the rock, out of the stone. I have a picture of one in Jerusalem. If you go to Jerusalem today, you will stop here. You will have a communion service there. This is not the place probably where Jesus was buried, but it gives you a good picture in your mind of what it might have looked like. Notice the little ditch, the little cut there at the bottom. The next slide shows you a stone that could be rolled in that slot to cover the hole in the tomb. It was blocked there. All of the Gospels report this, that Mary was there early, before it was full light, at the tomb. And what does she find? That the stone had been rolled away. And what does she make of this? What would you make of this? What would you think? What would you feel if you saw that the stone had been rolled away? Grave robbers is what she thought. Uh, She was scared. She was anxious. She was maybe angry. Maybe she was in grief. She does a good thing. She goes, runs off, and gets help. It's only later, as Jesus appears in person to Mary and to the other disciples, that they start to make sense of it, what rolling stones mean. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Still got it, still got it. So, So, the New Testament writers, they had a picture in their mind of Psalm 118, verse 22. Let's let's see that verse one more time. Y'all say this with me, okay? The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. It was a great illustration of what had happened on this holy week past, that Jesus, who had died, had been raised again. It was a a wonderful reversal. The one who thought he was no good, people didn't value him, was the most valued stone of all. The one left for dead is the resurrected one. Today, you may have come to this Easter service thinking it's all over for you. It's hopeless. You don't see a way out. I'm here to tell you that the stone has been rolled away. May I share with you the secret lives of pastors? (laughs) Pastor Lisa said no, (laughs) but but I'm going to tell you anyway. I want to share with you the secret life of pastors, my Good Friday. So I get up early, I have my first light breakfast, I take a short walk, and then I drive out to Bastrop because I'm working on the Methodist build, the Habitat for Humanity house that we're building for Mrs. Leal and her son out there. 
So I get there early, and I'm marking where the, the ceiling joists are. So we're going to be putting up sheetrock. Have anybody put up sheetrock? It's hard work. <laughs> it's heavy. <laughs> Nick, you were there. You know. So some of the people, the guys, and they happened to be all males out there on Friday. They, they, some of them said, Pastor Lynn, what are you doing out here? It's Good Friday. I said, I think this is the best place for me to be on Good Friday. So we're hanging the sheetrock. And one of the guys comes up to me, Pastor Lynn, why do they call Good Friday good? And I'll tell you in a moment, if you'll stay with me for just a little bit, okay? So it's a lunchtime. I get a phone call. We have one of our members in the hospital. I leave. I go to check on her. I go. I rest a little bit, get cleaned up because there's an evening service led by Dr. Diane and the chancel choir, beautiful as we engage in the passion story of Jesus, how much he loves us. I have only two things to do in this service. I'm to give the greeting at the first of the service, and at the very end, I am to carry the light of Christ out into the world. It gets all dark in here. As we tell the story, we lower the lights, we blow out candles here, and it gets darker and darker as we go through the passion story of Jesus. At the very end, I pick up the Christ candle, and it goes out. <laughs> it is not supposed to go out. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't tell you. But I hurry down the aisle <laughs> with my unlit candle as they're singing, Silent Night, Holy Night. It is a silent night. It is so dark. Secret Lives of Pastor. I'm running down the hallway out here. I go into the library. I'm looking for a candle lighter to light the light of Christ. I find one in the, in the library. I'm running back down the hall. You're finishing singing. My chains are gone. I've been set free. I'm carrying the light of Christ back into the service. <laughs> Place it here on the altar table. This is what makes Good Friday good. The light has not gone out. The light of Christ still shines. The stone has been rolled away. Death cannot hold Jesus. And so when those guys hanging sheetrock asked me, why is Good Friday called good? I said, the rest of the story, what happens on Easter Sunday morning, the stone is rolled away. The light still shines. I have a quote by Ronald Rollheiser. I'd love for you to say this quote with me. This, this was the genesis of this whole message today. I read this years ago, and I've saved this for this day. He says this, read it. Resurrection means not only he will not go away, but also that we cannot get rid of him. He continues to roll back the stone from the caves we entomb him in. If you remember nothing else this day, take that to heart. The stone is rolled away. You may be suffering from an addiction, alcohol, drugs. Our favorite drug around here is overwork. We're workaholics. We're overfunctioning people. Jesus won't stay in the tomb. <laughs> he rolls the stone away. You may have come here today and said, I can never forgive him. I can never forgive her. You fill in the blank. You get the picture of the person in your mind. Jesus won't stay there. He rolls the stone away. 
You may be saying to yourself today, I could never forgive myself. Jesus won't stay there. He rolls the stone away. You may be saying, I'll never be good enough. Jesus rolls the stone away. You may be saying, I can never get over that grief. My child died. Jesus won't stay there. He rolls the stone away. There is nothing that can keep him in the tomb. (laughs) I have a story for you. Nothing can keep him in the tomb, not even prison walls. This this is a devotional guide I've been using for years, a guide to prayer from ministers and other servants. And so this week, the very first reading for this Easter Sunday is this. It's from Thomas G. Petipis. Today is Resurrection Sunday, my first Easter in prison. Surely the regime can't continue to keep almost 10,000 political prisoners in its jails. And here it's much easier to understand how the people in the Bible felt, stripping themselves of everything that was superfluous. Many of the prisoners have already heard that they have lost their homes, their furniture, and everything they owned. Our families are broken up. Many of our children are wandering the streets, their father in one prison, the mother in another. There's not a single cup. But a score of Christian prisoners experience the joy of celebrating communion without bread or wine, the communion of empty hands. The non-Christian said, we will help you. We will talk quietly so that you can meet. Too dense a silence would have drawn the guard's attention as surely as the lone voice of the preacher. We have no bread, no water to use instead of wine, I told them, but we will act as though we had. This meal in which we take part, I said, reminds us of the prison, the torture, the death and final victory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The bread is the body which he gave for humanity. The fact that we have none represents very well the lack of bread and the hunger of so many millions of human beings. The wine which we don't have today is his blood and represents our dream of a united humanity, of a just society without difference of race or class. I held out my empty hand to the first person on my right and place it over his open hand. And the same with the others. Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Afterward, all of us raised our hands to our mouths, receiving the body of Christ in silence. Take, drink. This is the blood of Christ which is shed to seal the new covenant of God with us. Let us give thanks, sure that Christ is here with us, strengthening us. We gave thanks to God and finally stood up and embraced each other. A while later, another non-Christian prisoner said to me, you people have something special, which I would like to have. The father of the dead girl came up to me and said, Pastor, this was a real experience. I believe that today I have discovered what faith is. Now I believe that I'm on the road. I have good news for you today. Christ continues 
to roll back the stone from the caves we entomb him in. Amen.